0: Hello again and a warm welcome to the latest edition of the Sports Huddle brought to you by the Leeds Hospital Radio Sports Team. My name's Tony Chalk and I'm joined for this week's podcast by Alan Breeze, Bernie Thornton and Stuart Taylor, or as we know him round here, the four-marathon man. And we'll be featuring our local soccer clubs and looking forward to England's cricket tour to India with the first test less than a week away. And also reflecting on the first few days of the first tennis Grand Slam event of the year, australian open which is now underway down in melbourne and then of course we'll round off with our usual sporting moments of the week but we're going to start with football and uh, first question i've got for all of you anybody can take this i've just uh, listened to the recording of last week's what on earth is the bristol street motors cup
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's not, it's, <laughs> is that the one that bradford city are in uh, i think they had played did they play doncaster in a, won a game in it apparently. A, a sort of a late. I've uh, <laughs> never heard of it. The final is played at Wembley. Oh well, all well, right,
0: right. It's worthwhile yeah. then.
1: Uh, and yeah. I think it was once called the um, Johnson's Paint uh, Trophy. Ah, and, right. And right. Grimsby Town <laughs> painted the town red, black, Sorry, and white yeah. with a famous <laughs> victory. Right. All uh, oh, oh. oh, right. Nineteen ninety-eight. I was there This
2: competition has had more names than it's played seasons (laughs) Alan's right, it was known known as the Auto Glass Trophy I think initially And then it became Auto Windscreens And it's been uh, Johnston's Paints and goodness knows how many other sponsors So just to keep you on your toes, they keep changing the name every
3: year well, to give Mary her due then from last week, I almost chipped in and said, nah, that can't be right. Never heard of it. But uh, she was absolutely right on. And of course, it's uh, it's it's appropriate that our Grimsby man should uh, should know exactly what it is, because
1: it's only his team that participates around these quarters. So. <laughs> well, uh, just just a little aside. Um, uh, we beat, we say we, uh, Grimsby beat Bournemouth uh, in the final. It was a golden goal. And uh, um, Eddie Howe was in the in the, in the opposing team.
3: Well, there you go. Oh, right.
0: Well, yeah. yeah.
3: So,
1: yeah, so, yeah. That's, so I presume it's for League
0: One and Two teams then. Yes. Yeah. Right.
3: yeah.
0: Good. Yeah. Thank you for clearing that one up. Let's start now on the, the, the more uh, yeah. pressing stuff, shall we say. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, Meanwhile,
3: so, back at the ranch. <laughs>
0: yeah, indeed so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, we'll start off with uh, with, with, with the championship uh, coming up this weekend. Uh, we have uh, Leeds United who are at home on Sunday to Preston north End so I guess we have to start with uh, the four marathon man
3: thank you tony yes what a what a what a clash of um, of personalities or, or or playing styles this is going to be well of course um at least supporters will um, uh, remember painfully what happened on Boxing Day just a couple of weeks or so ago at uh, the Theatre of Shattered Dreams uh, when uh, having thrashed Ipswich 4-0 at Ellen Road a few days previously, went uh, full of confidence to uh, Deepdale and uh, um, got a sound thrashing uh, by two goals to one um, <laughs> But, uh, of course, uh, if you're unfortunate enough to still be in hospital on Sunday, then you'll be able to hear the whole match live on Leeds, at Leeds Hospital radio. Uh, don't forget that it's a midday kick-off um, uh, on this occasion. But uh, in all seriousness, um, I think, I mean, Preston at Deepdale, at home, actually set up as an away side against Leeds. Um, Preston played far better out of possession if you if you can actually do that i keep hearing that people teams play better out out of possession i don't know how that works but uh uh preston's certainly one of those teams they're quite happy to surrender possession so um, um oftentimes you'll see uh preston with 30 percent possession and their opponents 70 and uh you know the result can be uh different to what you might expect so uh Preston put in a really good performance against Leeds at uh, on, on, on Boxing Day. As I say, they set up as the wayside, uh, won two goals to one. I think I have to say, um, that my head is gonna have to rule my heart here. And um Leeds are certainly a different proposition at Ellen Road. I think the only team in the championship that are currently unbeaten at home, uh, and uh yeah, in reality, I don't expect that record to have changed, uh, by, what, two o'clock on, on Sunday afternoon. Um, particularly with, uh, with Patrick Bamford now, of course, uh, back in the team and, uh, fit and firing, uh, scored that fantastic goal, um, in the, uh, in the FA Cup, uh, at, uh, at Peterborough. The goal of the round, I have to say, uh, quite easily. Uh, so he'll probably, he'll probably start again, um, and with th- those other three, uh, fabulous, uh, forwards in, um, Somerville, James and Ruta, I think Preston, the Preston defense is in for a tough afternoon and, um, we'll see what happens. I mean, hope springs eternal. And from a personal point of view, I hope that we're discussing, uh, a Preston double this time next week. <clears throat> uh, but, but we'll see. That's all I yeah. can say.
0: You're know, not holding your breath, because it's the start Stuart, of a, of a very hectic home schedule for Leeds, isn't it? Three games in six days, isn't it? They're playing Norwich midweek, the rearranged game from the cup, and then. Of course, the yeah. Cup tie
3: against Plymouth next weekend. It, it is indeed, and um, yeah, we'll be covering all three games. Yeah, the, no- the Norwich game, actually, I think, I think it's Wednesday, isn't it? Because um, it is, yeah. uh, because mm-hmm. Because of the Sunday game, and uh, I'm, I'm not sure when the Cup matches. It'll, it'll be Saturday, I Saturday. guess. Saturday, yeah. Uh, yeah, so there, there'll probably be a, be a bit of squad rotation there. But uh, certainly one thing that uh, Leeds have, Tony, now, I think, is a real um, depth in squad um you know, if you think back to Bielsa days Marcelo Bielsa was reluctant to uh, to build any sort of squad he relied on the first 11 and then uh under 23s on the bench uh but when you look at the Leeds bench now it's um you know it's it's in good fettle um you know uh, and I'm sure they'll add the lad or they got, they will have opportunities to add to that squad uh during the the next couple of weeks or so during January uh so there'll be I'm sure there'll be some squad rotation um, although I think uh, the manager looks to get his first 11 out in the league games, but uh, there'll be some opportunities next weekend against Plymouth, I think, in in round four of the FA Cup. Uh, l- of course, uh, Leeds' first home FA Cup tie in 14, remarkably. Indeed. And the, and the previous 13 have all been away from home, And uh, but a great opportunity, I think, for Leeds. Uh, two winnable games in the league, and then a really good opportunity to progress to the fifth round of the FA Cup. So, uh you know, it's a big few days for Leeds.
0: Absolutely, it is. Yeah, no doubt about that. Uh Also, for Huddersfield Town as well. And uh, I, I know they're in the middle of a, a, a crucial run at the moment. Um, didn't start too well with a home draw last week. They play Blackburn this weekend. And uh, then I, I think, Bernie, am I right in saying it's QPR and Sheffield Wednesday? So, crucial run of games everything I heard last Saturday was a great disappointment but they'll be hoping for better at Blackburn I guess
2: Disappointment is the word I've got first on my list of notes, Tony and any listeners who uh, may have been in hospital last week and might have heard Stuart describing uh, this game which uh, I I think uh, was uh, an extreme disappointment really because it comes after town had put in some pretty decent performances uh, over the previous games, the uh, the beat Blackburn, of course, on Boxing there by three goals to nil, which is the standout win of the season in terms of scoreline at least. And uh, this was a, a fixture against Plymouth where everything was supposed to come together. Uh, the, the, the recruited players. They've got one or two back from injuries, which really has hampered them uh, during the autumn. And uh, things were supposed to be on the up. And I think we were all expecting, uh, pretty much expecting a victory and also a good performance. And uh, we didn't get either. And it was so disappointing because really, uh, I've written down here, there was no urgency. There was no movement off the ball. And there was no one who grabbed the initiative in midfield. And what, what what they really need at the moment in the transfer market is a creative midfielder because uh, Jack Rodoni does a great job. I thought he had an off day on Saturday. He didn't create and, and he wasn't as influential as he normally is. And without him, it, it was a case of looking around saying, right, who's, who's going to make the first move? So it was a, a really disappointing performance. They are away on Saturday to Blackburn Rovers, and as uh, as we said earlier, uh, Huddersfield beat Blackburn by three goals to zero on Boxing Day. Blackburn are on a terrible run at the moment. There's something gone wrong seriously at that club. They've taken one point from their last six games. Now, uh, this is, to me, this is just the kind of game where they're going to think, right, we're not having uh, a 3-0 defeat at Huddersfield and not put something right. So, I think they'll get their act together. And um, I, to be honest, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm not all that confident from a point of view. Having said that, uh, Stuart mentioned transfers earlier, and uh, they've dipped into the transfer market again today for the third permanent signing of the window. And they've signed a gentleman by the name of Radinio Balka, who is a 25 year old Dutchman. He's a central defender. Six foot three and he, they've signed you from Groningen, who are second division in the Dutch league but uh, they were relegated last season and uh, this chap played uh, quite a few games for the last season in the top league. He's come on a permanent transfer at quite some expense. The, the, there's never any uh, release of, of figures from Huddersfield. Uh, uh, these days, but um, he will have um, got some mobility without any doubt. There was some competition for his signature. So, what to expect? Who knows? It's soon as Phil Town, no one knows quite what to expect. But um, I, I do uh, hope and I do believe that they will pull things round over the course of the next few weeks. Uh, they have got a lot to do. They are clear of the uh, relegation zone by, I think, three, uh, four points. But as Stuart mentioned, uh, as you mentioned, Tony, uh, the the three teams below them, uh, they're actually playing uh, two of them over the the next uh, three matches. So very, very important fixtures coming up the next three. After that, they get more difficult again. So um, I don't know if that gives you a flavour that I'm optimistic or not. Probably not. But (laughs) we hope for the best. And um, let's see what happens at Blackburn
0: on Saturday. I would say that's a typical Huddersfield town viewpoint, really <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> <Just had. laughs> right, right. let's uh,
0: let's let's turn to to, to league two then <clears throat> I guess we ought to give brighter place this week to Harriet town, who are uh mm. our main uh, uh, hopes of promotion there uh having won again last week uh, and I remember a couple of weeks ago Jim Walker before he uh jetted off on on his holidays said that Harrogate had uh, Three extremely winnable fixtures, I think, home to Doncaster away to Forest Green. And then the easiest of the lot at the end of that would be against uh, Grimsby Town. Now, uh, one man who's going to that match, I know, uh, and taking, uh, I think, his grandson with him, who's from, who plays for Harrogate Railway, uh, presumably to try and upset the home team, uh, is uh, Alan Breeze. Would you agree with Jim's uh, assessment of that one, Alan?
1: Well, Jim, yeah, I love him to bits, but he's always the eternal optimist. I mean, how, how, how could any commentator come on here with, with any credibility and, and talk about Leicester cricket, uh, Leicestershire cricket? I mean, Hey, I know that Yorkshire are bad, but, I mean, come on. So, anyway, Jim, I don't know whether you're listening, but have a lovely time over there somewhere hot. We're not really bothered where you are. And, and, and hopefully you're going to be back and you might even see the highlights. Uh, you're playing, yes, the the Mighty Mariners. Um, and the uh, Mighty Mariners scored five goals, would you believe, on uh, on Saturday. And I know much to Stuart's annoyance, because uh, Stuart and I were on joint commentary at Huddersfield, um, I think just to just to balance Bernie's comments there, I thought the Huddersfield game was entertaining, if if lacking in quality at times. But yeah, I wouldn't be quite as critical as as uh, uh, well. I was entertained, Bernie, because my my phone kept going ping every time Grimsby scored. It went ping, and Stuart was most perturbed. And let's hope that the Grimsby. Ping continues. I don't think they'll get five goals against uh, Harrogate, but I, I, am, I am forecasting that they'll score twice, which should be just enough to lose by the odd goal. So 3-2 to
0: Harrogate. <laughs> Harrogate haven't got a great home record, of course. They've had one or two decent home wins recently, but they've had some poor results at home. They're up as high as they are, mainly by virtue of... Uh, of, of some excellent away form really but uh, yeah i guess they'll be hoping to get points out of that uh bradford against uh doncaster on saturday i, I look sort of vaguely to see if uh, uh, anybody knows if we're covering that match at all are we by any chance uh
3: no we're not because we we've got uh, we've got other things going on we've got sunday and uh, we've got uh, of course our um uh, our main man's going to Harrogate uh, on 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 saturday so that rules In him out Indeed,
0: um, yeah. yes, yes, <laughs> quite so. <laughs> so, uh, Bradford against Doncaster, the disappointing yeah. result down at Colchester last week, wasn't it, really?
3: Yeah, it was a shocker, actually. And, um, yeah, I had a look at the table before we came on, Tony, and I, I didn't realise that they're now, I thought they were closer to the playoffs than, than they actually are. 35 mm-hmm. points, they're, um, you, they've only got three points in the last five games. I suspect that some of the fans are now starting to think is Graham alexander they pressed the north end legend the answer um it, you know they haven 't um uh, in january the 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 record in January has been dreadful um they just need to get back to winning ways really um they, I, I guess they got an opportunity to dip into the transfer market in uh, in, a, in, in this month but uh, you know, Mark Hughes was was the master of that. I mean, goodness me, they saw a real turnover of players when Mark Hughes was there, but uh, that didn't work. Um, so yeah, I mean, I the, the I suppose the bright spot is that Andy Cook, after a, a, an injury. Um, ravaged start to the season he's now back on the pitch regularly and scoring regularly uh, but it seems to be the same old issue he needs a, he needs a scoring partner and um, I'm, I'm not quite up to date with it but um, they Bradford called back Jake Young who'd been on loan at Swindon for the first half of the season and scored something like 17 or 18 goals um they, they brought him back at the beginning of January. Um, but immediately, um, League One clubs were tabling bids for him. So I think he might have had his head turned. So I, I, they might have expected him to slot straight back into the team and uh, help him cook out. But that's not happened so far. So we need to need to keep an eye on that. If they can get him in the team and uh, give a second uh, you know, goal scoring option, then there's an opportunity to to get going. But um you know, same old, same old, really, for 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 Bradford City fans, and um, you know, it's such a it's such a lovely club to go to when we do go and uh, cover games there. We're always really welcome. The stadium's fantastic, and let's just hope that uh, Graham Alexander can uh, at least get them into the playoffs and uh, and get them get them back up to League One uh, mm-hmm. for next season.
0: Well, we cert- we'll certainly hope so, and uh, they, they should beat Doncaster, I suppose. But then again, they mm. should really win at Colchester. So yeah, yeah. we'll see. We'll see. We'll, uh, we'll review our efforts next week, no doubt, and uh, look ahead to what will be a cup tie, of course, for for, for Leeds United next week. And league games for the others. Okay, let's turn away from uh, football then and uh, turn our attention to to cricket. Uh, with England's tour of India due to start. Uh, in less than a week's time it starts uh, thursday the 25th first test and they are going out there with a, a side that i understand at the moment is preparing in abu dhabi and and hasn't won't be arriving in india for another couple of days yet which doesn't seem ideal preparation but that's the way they do it these days um i, I suppose bernie i'll come to you first um this is one of the i mean going to australia is tough but this is this must be the next Hardest tour of all of them, really. Five tests against India on their own mid-in.
2: Yes, I'm sure it is, Tony. Totally. Um, <coughs> the, the conditions in India do really exaggerate those difficulties. It's, it's going to be very hot. It's going to be unusual conditions playing on the subcontinent wickets. And uh, it's a long tour as well, because when you think about it, not many touring sides play five tests these days. So, yeah, there won't be the acclimatisation, but when they do get there, it, it, it can feel as if it goes on forever. I, um, I actually went to India in 2016 for a couple of test matches, and uh, it was absolutely marvellous. It was great to go as a uh, as a spectator and to experience India in uh, two totally different centres and uh, but you could you could just tell by watching how hard the cricket was it's uh, totally different to play in England even in, uh, even in the heat of summer so yeah it will be tough interesting to uh, look at the squad there are quite a few new names there and uh, they, they packed the side with slow bowlers of course quite rightly and um, the, the, there are some new names there and it'll be a fantastic experience for them and uh I think it's um it, well it, it was common sense, and it would have been a tragedy if it didn't happen, but it's great to see Ben Fox back behind the wickets, or at least I assume that' be behind the wickets in the matches. who knows but um yeah it's uh it, it'll be good watching from a distance on uh, on the TV, and um I'm hoping will do well, but I feel it's going to be a very long hard to far.
0: Yeah, I know, Alan that India and their team, uh, they're, they're their squad, they've picked four spinners, uh, which says a lot. But um, no Mohammed Shami, who apparently is still recovering from injury. I, I mm-hmm. mean, that must at least be uh, yeah. one positive from, from England's point of view, because he is a, a very fine bowler. Yeah,
1: yeah you're right there, Tony. The but I think um, India... Uh, always strong at home. Uh, we know what they'll do with the, the wickets, and and uh, uh, why wouldn't they? Um, England also got uh, quite a lot of spinners there. Most of them uh, names people hadn't come across, uh, and England very much a side in in transition. Interestingly, I, I was just looking at, uh, at where these games are going to be played, mm. and um, India have chosen not to play any in what I would regard as their. Uh, their prime um, sites. Maybe that's just part of showing it around. It's a massive country, of course. I mean, Bernie talked about being over there for, for a couple of games. I'm sure he'll, he'll be able to tell us the name of the, uh, the ground that uh, uh, India are playing in England in their second game because uh, he's been there. So I'm sure he'll be able to pronounce it. Vaisa <coughs> Thank you very much. Yeah, that's got me over that one.
2: Um, That's the
1: second test. First
2: ever test
1: Uh, match now. Hyderabad, I can manage. Uh, Bernie's just explained where the second game is. I know it's somewhere on the on the east coast, um, and it's I'm I'm sure it's uh, it's a nice place. Uh, I do recognise a Rajcot. I believe that's uh, that's alcohol free, so Bernie wouldn't have been there. Um, But uh, Ranchi. <laughs> um, ranchy. I, I don't know. It sounds a, sort of more like a wild west, but anyway, they're <laughs> going to conclude at Darren Gramsala. Now, my, yeah. one of my other grandsons, um, fresh from, uh, Harrogate on Saturday is going to that test match up in the Himalayas. Yeah. Uh, he's going yeah. trekking and he's going all over the place. So good luck to him. Um, I really don't know this England side, I was looking at the squad um well um Fisher as we know uh, our own Yorkshire lad is he's, he's over um in India at the moment for the Lions and took four wickets very early on but he'll he'll not make it through to the to the um the full test side um there are so many names i don't even recognize in the england side um there's a there's a there's a young spinner plays for somerset i think um, oh, gosh, yeah. and and uh yeah um so bernie are you on the pronunciation of this one
3: no sure oh,
1: yeah that's the one yeah i mean he's come from nowhere it's <laughs> come from nowhere um mm. i think he's only played about he's only played about half a dozen games and take taken a handful of wickets. so let's hope that's a a wise, a wise choice uh I think it's Harry Brook in this squad, or isn't he in the yes. squad? Yes, yeah, yes, yes, uh, mm. Joe Root, of course, and uh, he's been practicing does, mm. down at uh, the indoor uh, facilities at uh, at Headingley, uh, as I am tomorrow, incidentally. So I'm doing walking cricket tomorrow at Headingley, and uh, I, I'll just see if uh, I can pick up any tips from uh, from the coaches down there. Joe, I know uh, Adam Lyth's been in there for training as well, so. If I get any news, I'll let you know. Well, apart <laughs> from that, the rest of them, I mean, I don't know. I mean, Sam Cohen, he's got a two year contract. I mean, what's going on here? <laughs>
3: I've got, I, I, we've got to get some perspective on this. Like, actually, first of all, if, if our colleague Jim Walker is still listening and he might have uh, switched off after of that scurrilous accusation that Alan made about uh, Leicestershire. Uh, Jim, I'm going to defend your honour here because I've got to ask the Yorkshire panel on here. Uh, I know that Leicestershire are the, are the reigning one day cup champions. How many trophies have you got in your cabinet Yorkshire at the moment? Answer none. Leicestershire won. Yorkshire nil, Jim. There you go. That, uh, I <laughs> hope you're enjoying your holiday, and that I hope that makes. I smile. think you will be now. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, Absolutely. Um, I mean, my, my, quickly, my, my view. Uh, I mean, in all seriousness, this is probably the stiffest test yet for. Um, uh, McCullum and, and the new regime. I think, uh, they're, they're unbeaten, aren't they? are unbeaten are four wins and three draws in seven test series since, uh, right. M- well, McCullum took well, I don't over. Think so, they've lost one.
0: yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah, but this is,
0: one, no.
3: yeah. So this is going to be really the, uh, the, the, biggest test. Um, Alan very skillfully ran through the, um, uh, the, the four spinners that we've got. Uh, well, I think he was skillfully. Maybe he wasn't, but anyway. Um, Showy Bashir, the Somerset off spinner. Uh, picked on potential, just as Rayan Ahmed has been, uh, yeah. what was picked on potential. He's there as well alongside Jack Leach. I guess Jack Leach. Well, clearly he will be the senior spinner in the in the party. Just coming back from a stress fracture of the back. Um, you mentioned the Yorkshire batsman. Uh, you also mentioned the Lions game, actually, that's going on in India. Um, Keaton Jennings, the Lancastrian Open, scored 150-odd. And uh, Josh Bohannon, who's up captaining the Lions, the Lancastrian, he's got 125. So we've got a couple of uh, batsmen in form in India, should we need to call on them. Um, but the man that you've forgotten, and actually the key, the key to all this, is the Lancastrian legend that is Sir James Anderson of course because he's his sixth tour of india uh, yeah. no less and uh, you know I, he wouldn't be there if he didn't think he could make a difference he's the master of reverse swing and again uh, and the serious point is that mm-hmm. i think he's he's the key uh, to to england uh, competing in this series i just hope that they approach it with measured aggression rather than you know some, yeah i've got to say, i've thought. got to say it. I've got to say, bas, bas hmm. from the outset, because there, there will be periods when they'll need to sit in. Yeah. Um, how
0: bas can they be in India? Yeah.
3: Yeah. They're just going to have to sit in on occasions and put the pressure back on India. If they, I think if they go at it 100% right from the outset, uh, that they, they, there could be some issues, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's going to be an intriguing series. I, I don't know whether we'll be able to watch it on TV. I don't know whether a deal has
0: Indeed. been done. I, no, I'm not sure whether a deal has been done, has it?
2: I think it's Sorry, Bernie. The, the old BT Sport. Oh, is it? Ah, it was it? Ah, right,
3: right. Okay, right. well, that's a recent development.
0: Yeah. Yeah. A, yes, a, a recent development, because uh, I know it was looking as though neither TNT nor Sky had shown much interest, and, and Channel Four, oh, who covered the last India tour, of course, mm. um mm. Uh, hadn't either, and there was a suggestion it wouldn't be on, which seemed to be. Remarkable, really, for one of the most important uh, England away series that it that it will yeah. be on television. So yeah. let's hope let's hope it will be. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, it could be useful, I suppose, having the. Uh, uh, how long does the A team tour go on? Uh, will they still be in India for quite a while yet? Ma-
1: ma- uh, March,
0: beginning of March. Oh, yeah, okay. So, so, so that I guess if they get any injuries, that could be useful. Although yeah. whether they'll need the South African Jennings or, or not, I'm I'm not totally sure. In
1: Tony, might just so ask Stuart a question. Um, I mean, the, yeah, the, the, um, the legendary uh, James, the legendary James Anderson. Do do uh, Stuart think he'll get more than nine wickets in the five tests? Should he be um, fit enough to, to play in more than the odd one or two?
3: You're going to have to explain the significance of nine wickets in five tests. Well, ten,
1: so just, ten's double figures, but I, I just thought that makes it too complicated for you. You're just plugging a plucking a figure out of the air. Well, yeah, um, we, we Lancastrians, you know, we don't like
3: to um, go overboard with these things. We'll, we'll just we'll, we'll see. I, I, I say he wouldn't be there if he didn't think he could make a difference. I'll I reckon thirteen wickets in the series, and mm. probably probably won't play all five. Um, I think they'll. I I suspect they will um, interchange between Mark Wood and Gus Atkinson, uh, who will make his debut as a Test player if he if he does play. But I think they'll 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 switch those about. But uh, I think we'll see Jimmy playing three or four Tests, and I fancy him for a double figures. Alan, yeah, thanks for asking. Mm.
0: And he <laughs> by his own admission, of course, he had a a, a poor poor Ashes series. Didn't he did. He? Yeah, he did really didn't yeah. at all. But, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We shall see. We shall see. Okay, we'll uh, we'll, we'll have a, uh, a quick natter now about the Australian Open. Has uh, anybody been keeping their eyes on the Australian Open uh, tennis in the last but, few days? Uh, England yeah.
1: losing, I think, is a prominent headline. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've had one eye on it. Yeah, we, well, we've got, I think we've got Cam Norrie
0: is the only, um, man or woman standing now into in yeah. the third round, because, uh, Joan <laughs> uh, and Katie Bolter and Jack Draper all went out earlier yeah. today, yeah. today being Thursday yeah. as we record. Yeah. Uh, and of course, Andy Murray, this...
2: Oh, hello.
3: What's happened there? So, uh, I don't
0: know uh, the action. Uh, I mean, I suppose the most significant one, uh, in, in some ways is, uh, Andy Murray. Um, is this likely to be the end or is this year likely to be his last? Well, is he 37 now? Uh, he's about the same age as Djokovic, isn't he? Djokovic, I think, 36. So, yeah, he's about yeah. that age,
2: 36, 37. Yeah. yeah. But you, you just get the
3: feeling, don't you, that, um, you, you, know, you almost. I mean, he's, he's, he's. I suppose he's beyond the top now. Uh, and Federer exited, I think, gracefully as he, as you know you would expect Roger Federer to do at the top of his game and uh, nothing else to to achieve. And um, you, you just don't want to see a great player like Andy Murray just be going through the motions and you know losing in first rounds in in the in the Grand Slam tournaments. Um, So I I I suspect he'll take some time to reflect, but um, you know whether whether we see him on court next season, I think the jury's out on that really, Tony, from my point of view. Mm. But uh, you'll you'll have a view about it, I'm sure. But
2: uh,
0: yeah, I don't know. Um, I think he'll want to play Wimbledon this year for sure. Yeah. Uh, and I suspect he might make a decision after that uh, and, and whether he then goes on to the US Open, I don't know. I'm not sure whether he'll play in Paris or not. I mean, it, uh, I think he did make the final there one year, but it's not really his mm-hmm. happiest hunting ground. Mm-hmm. Um So, yeah, I think we'll see. Uh, Emma Raducanu, I suppose, is is the other significant one in terms of we all wonder how she'd go. She got through the first round. Was it the fact perhaps it went to three sets today that did four her because she hasn't yes. quite got the stamina at this stage?
3: It yes. sounded like it, didn't it, from what she was saying? I mean, she, oh, and goodness me, she yes. was, um, and, you know, almost tempted to whisper it in that she was saying that she was being sick inside her mouth in the, yeah. in the final set. Um, but she was determined to see it through. So, uh, so yeah, I, I think you're right, Tony. It, it, you know, from what she was saying post-match, then, um, you know, fitness was, just starting to let it down in that in that final set but uh, good to see her back yeah and
0: tell you about the sickness of course poor old jack draper after his first match just had time to shake hands with the
1: uh, with his opponent <laughs> and then have to dash off to the side <laughs> of the
2: court didn't he?
1: so <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, well, I mean, Stuart. Uh, tell me, Stuart would know all about it. He must feel sick after most Preston North End games. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, well, I'll just make sure there's a bin available on the gantry at Ellen Road on, on on Sunday lunchtime at around about two o'clock. It doesn't
0: take long for the insults to flow on this sports, <laughs> yeah. So, I, I, um, well, let's say um, uh, that. Uh, Cam Norrie is not likely to win the um, uh, the uh, Australian Open. Uh, um, who who are we all going to pick as, uh, as as likely winners of the of the men's and women's title? Um, Bernie, I'll start with you because you I you've had a technical issue, but you're back with us. I'm pleased. Yes, to... I've took time to think about
2: it, Tony I? <laughs> I think the men's is very much a straight fight between uh, Djokovic and Alcaraz. And um, I'm going to go for a Djokovic victory to avenge his defeat at Wimbledon. And for the women's, I'm going to go for the number two seed, Sibylenka. And, uh, if, if that comes to pass, it'll be a repeat of last year's winners in Australia. So, um, yeah, the, the women's is uh, very wide open, much more so than the men's. But, um, yeah, that's, um, that's my tip. Um, if, if you're on a wild card, I'm not saying for a minute he's going to win it or even get into the, the, the last four, but uh a, a lad called Bell, Ben Shelton from the USA who's been making great strides. I've uh, seen him on TV a couple of times. It's pretty handy. He's got a lot to say for himself. And um, I, I think he, um, he he's still relatively young. I think he'll uh, perhaps come through to challenge the big guns in the near future.
3: Stuart? Yeah, um I tend to agree with Bernie about the men's Djokovic uh, Alcaraz. Um, I think um, keep an eye on Sinner. I think he might do something, uh, but uh, I'm, I'm going to go with Alcaraz. I I, I think he might, uh, he might triumph. Uh, women's yet yeah, wide open. Uh, Iga Swiatek is the number one seed. Uh, very nearly went out. Uh, was it earlier today or yesterday? I can't remember. Um, she survived a double break in the deciding set, uh, before she won, uh, what she won, she's only 22. She's won four grand slams already, but three of them in Paris, I think, yeah. uh, on, yeah. on the clay. Uh, so that's probably a negative, uh, against her. Um, I'm going to go for Coco golf or Coco golf, should I say, uh, fresh, of course, from a triumph in the U S open. And, um, so yeah, I, my, I fancy swear tech will be there or thereabouts, uh, but I'm going to go with Coco
1: Golf. Fine, fine. And Alan? Well, I, I'm about to the esteemed wisdom of my colleagues. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think you call that a
1: cop-out, but still, we'll lay
0: off with that one. Well, I'll tell you what then, since you cop out on that one, we'll give you first
1: go-up moments of the week. Well, uh, firstly, the, f- the um I was awarded, I think is the right expression, this wonderful book um, authored by one of our co-commentators, uh, Ian Marston. Um, in his book, he actually says his handwriting is dreadful. Well, he signed my book. I don't know if you can see that. It's not only dreadful, it's illegible, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, the book itself. Before you, go fur, before you go any it, it, further,
3: Alan, Alan, before you go any further, can I remind you that our listeners will not be able to see that book? <laughs> <laughs> you, you, <laughs> might wanna, you might want to tell us what it's called.
1: <laughs> this is called Putting on a Show. It highlights the Notts County. Um, it starts off the first paragraph, uh, actually talks about how Notts County had been humiliated by Grimsby Town of all clubs um, who put them out of the playoffs of the previous year's um, uh, National League promotion uh, set up. Notts County, 1-0 up. Um, I, I don't want to bore you because this could go on for a long time. But um, Notts County, 1-0 up. Grimsby equalised in the 90th minute. And then they've got a winner in the in the last minute of, of, um, added, of extra time. Um, but it's a, Ian's first paragraph is all about that, and it's a bit mealy mouthed, to be honest, for a not fan. But anyway, it, it, they went on, and the following year they regrouped, they got promotion, and um, they're currently doing very well in the um, in, in League Two, uh, as I mentioned earlier, a five all draw against the mighty Grimsby Town. Uh, so it's got to be. Uh, Moments of the meet, it's got to be Notts County for me. I'm, I'm sort of a magpie for life now. I've got the book. I've, I've seen them. I've heard them. And Stuart kept whispering in my ear, can you switch that phone off? Because uh, every time Grimsby or Notts County scored, the phone went bing. There was never any, a beep rather. There was was never any any prospect of uh, Huddersfield Town doing that. So I I, I enjoyed. I enjoyed the commentary a lot. Anyway, moment of the meet, Notch County for me.
0: Thank you, Bernie. All of
1: that. Listeners <laughs> will be aware
2: that last week I brought a guest along to the show, uh, Mary Preston, who uh, uh, did a very fine account uh, most of the things of her running exploits. She, she's a marathon runner, and I'm going to continue the theme of long distance running with my sporting moment of the week this week. And this particular race is described as Britain's most brutal endurance race. Ah. It's called the Spine Race. Spine Race, yeah. Some of you may uh, be be familiar with this. It's been on the news uh, a little bit this week, actually. It's a 268-mile slogathon from Eadale in the Peak District, right up to the Scottish borders. It follows the Pennine Way, right up to Kirk Yetton in the Scottish borders. And, uh, the, the race actually started as recently as 2012. And my understanding that is that in the first year, there were only three runners. So if you were, if you entered that, you were guaranteed a podium finish. Now, so, um, <laughs> you've got 168 hours to run this thing in, which is, uh, for the mathematicians amongst you, will will know it's a, it's a week. Uh, but bear in mind that, uh, this time of year, we're, we're, uh, we're working on eight hours of a, a day of daylight so imagine the, the conditions the, the weather conditions that we've had over the last week uh, added to the fact that you're running most of the race in, uh, in darkness and uh, you think why why would anybody ever want to do that anyway um, the winner and uh, he deserves every credit you could possibly think of for this is a chap called Jack Scott he finished the course in slight marginally over three days, 72 hours 55 minutes and 5 seconds to be precise it's a new course record in uh, what, underfoot the The conditions would be very good because the ground was frozen most of the way, but the weather conditions looks to be awful and they actually beat the previous record by 10 hours, so (laughs) my hat goes off this week to Jack Scott, winner of the spine endurance wrist Brilliant, splendid, yeah. Well, talk of talk
0: of running it brings us most appropriately to um, <laughs> the man who's run four marathons, which I didn't know until I listened to last week's uh, yes. episode. Yes, <laughs> uh, four, yeah, <laughs> four just, marathons.
3: Four marathons individually and separately and not, certainly not 268 <laughs> miles all in one go. That's for sure. He, he, um, I read that article. I saw an article, Bernie. He, he actually, in the three days, he managed 59 minutes of sleep wow. across the three days, which he <laughs> looked absolutely spent at the end of it. OK, my sporting moment of the week. Well, this is another nod to our colleague Ian, who's um, sadly um, not not be with us at the moment. He's he's dealing with some really really difficult uh, uh, personal issues, and we all send you our best as uh, we um, uh, as we have been doing in and will continue to do. We're thinking about you. Uh, So my sporting moment of the week concerns uh, American football, which we don't talk a lot about in this uh, in in this program. But um, my cousin Graham uh emigrated uh, with his family uh, as a 7-year-old in 1967 to uh, to the states and they uh, they went over to Detroit now detroit have a, an american football team they called the detroit lions um they have a baseball team called the detroit tigers so when the uh, the detroit football team came into the being, they call themselves the detroit lions um now the detroit lions play in the uh, uh, national football league the nfl they are one of four teams never to have participated in the super bowl uh, the super bowl is the fa cup final or champions league final of the uh, of the nfl uh, so in 57 um, incarnations of the uh, of the final of the super bowl they've uh, never even been to the final but last sunday in detroit in the motor stadium they won but after the regular season as they call it they're qualified to play in the f- in in the playoffs and they faced the Los Angeles Rams who 2 years ago actually won the Super Bowl and lo and behold the Detroit Lions won their first playoff win in 32 years uh, by beating the LA Rams 24-23 so uh, um mike i, I uh, sent a message to my cousin Graham beforehand wishing him well I sent him a photograph of my lions cap uh, which was hanging on a post in the garden and uh, got some lovely messages back the spooky thing is that um that was the De- the Detroit Lions ended the NFL's longest ever losing streak in the playoffs they'd lost their previous 9 playoff games now bear with me on this because um my cousin Graham and I support the same English football team, Preston North End. And Preston North End had a losing streak of nine playoff campaigns before they broke the curse in 2015 by beating Swindon 4-0 in Division One playoff final courtesy of a hat-trick by Jermaine Beckford. So, can it be the Detroit Lions having broken their nine playoff l- losing streak can go on to win Super Bowl 58 in California next month. Watch this space. My sporting moment of the week. Spooky spooky
0: times. We shall see. <laughs> <laughs> well, my my uh, sporting moment of the week is <clears throat> is much more prominent one I suppose. Uh, it, it features probably my favourite <laughs> footballer of modern days. That was your Kevin De Bruyne. Um, now I don't know when, when uh-huh. you went to... Um, uh, to the Etihad to watch Huddersfield Town. I don't know whether De Bruyne had played at all
2: that day. Did he, Bernie? He, he came on a sub, Tony, and Did it he? was his first appearance since was it August? Uh, yeah, uh, that's so right. Even yeah. even in that company, that ex- exalted team of Manchester City, he stood out. He he, he played some beautiful passes. He was uh, he was just completely different when he came on.
0: Yeah, well, as it was at St James's Park last Saturday, when uh, Manchester City was struggling, they were two one down. Um, to, to Newcastle United uh, deep into the second half and uh, Pep Guardiola brought on De Bruyne who uh, proceeded uh, not long after he had come on the field to fire in a shot for the equaliser and level things up at 2-2 and then played an absolute dream of a pass through in extra time in stoppage time for a young man called Oscar Bob, who I think was making his, his debut. Uh, I'd certainly never heard of him before. And he got the winner. And that put Manchester City within uh, two points of Liverpool at the top of the Premier League. And they've, uh, they've certainly dropped um, sort of quite a few points. They had a lot of draws recently. People thought, are they going to blow it this year? Will they miss out? Well, I would say that if Kevin De Bruyne stays fit for the rest of the season, I would say put your money on Manchester City for another title. Unless they get a points deduction, and we don't know how all these investigations into uh, financial fair play are going to go, but um, we shall see. But for me, um, they're still very much the team to beat. And Kevin De Bruyne's influence on that game last weekend was absolutely crucial, and, and turned a very possible defeat into into a victory. So that's uh, that's my moment of the week. And that brings us to the end of uh, the huddle for this week. My thanks go to Alan and Stuart and Bernie uh, for their contributions to you for listening. Of course, if you're in hospital, get well soon. We hope you'll be home in the very near future where you can still listen to this podcast, of course, via any of the usual platforms. But if you are still going to be in hospital over the weekend, don't forget that you can hear full commentary on Leeds United against Preston North End on Leeds Hospital Radio on Sunday. It's a 12 o'clock kickoff. Stuart's there with, I think, Bill Dale and Kane Hall. They'll be right? bringing you the full match commentary. So till then, from me, Tony Chalk, and all the team, take care. Goodbye now.